Once you have greeted someone, given a smile away, you may be seated. Amen. So good to see everyone today, and I am looking forward to releasing the burden he's put in my spirit uh, if you don't know it I don't look forward to getting on the stage on Sunday because of the responsibility that comes with that amen and uh, but God's comforting me and he's helping me amen know that he's the reason he's everything amen and if I'll just trust him am I talking to anyone here today encourage I want to encourage you today we'll just trust him he's faithful Amen. He can take a donkey and use a donkey. Amen. I've got plenty of stories to confirm that truth. Amen. There's other words for that, I know. Amen. God is good all the time. And if we'll just resolve to know that, know that, just know that. Quit trying to figure out all the stuff that we want to stamp as good and right and amen, justified. But just hold on to the fact that God is good. Amen. And have fellowship with that reality and trust him in that he is our source. The best is yet to come. Your best days haven't been lived yet. And you decide today whether or not you start in taking advantage of that by the choice that we make. Amen. And so it's my hope today that, amen, this country boy can encourage you on some level to make that choice with courage. Amen. With the presence of God being, amen, the fuel that encourages you. Amen. We're on the third part of God speaks to you. God speaks to you. Amen. I cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus for you. I can't do that. There's no possible way in our world right now, there's people going to church that's hoping the ministry can do that for them, but it's not possible. Amen. And um, I can't pray for you greater than you can have fellowship with God. I do pray for you. I do Believe that standing in the gap, making up the hedge, and oh, asking God to use me to encourage you is valid. But uh, you have to decide to have a personal relationship with God. And it's important that you know today he gave you ears and he gave you a mouth. He gave you eyes. He wants you to hear him and he wants you to say what he's saying. He wants you to be like him. You're his image. You are his image. The world can't know him apart from his image. And he chose you to be the vessel by which he finishes what he starts. Amen. So we can know the voice of God today. We can recognize his voice through relationship. We can recognize his voice through relationship. It's important that you get that today. I'm going to read in Proverbs 21 and 2. Proverbs 21 and 2, very important passage. Amen. A person may think that or think their own ways are right. A person may think 
their own ways are right. Anybody ever done that before? Amen. But the Lord weighs the heart. A person may think their own ways are right. You ever thought you had something figured out before? That your way is the best way to do it? You ever thought like that before? But the Lord weighs the heart. Let's get that together, y'all. Let me, let me give you a little stress. Suppose that you feel like you're right about something. Now, I'm not preaching to nobody today, so get that clear. I'm going to use the guy in the mirror I have to deal with all the time. Suppose you believe you're right about something, so much so that you have anxiety, frustration, shame, guilt. Oh, you're offended. Anybody ever been offended before? By chance, if you believe you're right about it, but that exists, could it be that that anxiety exists because there's a lie supporting what you believe is right? Just, just bear with me for a minute. Amen. I'm having some frustration. I'm having some anxiety. And y'all, y'all don't know how much frustration, anxiety, and offense I've had in my life. And I based it on the idea that I'm right and whatever the problem is, is wrong. But the Lord is showing me something. He's been trying to get through this hard head for a long time. That anxiety and frustration and offense in my spirit the evidence of that being in my spirit is because there's a lie that's supporting what i believe is right let me give you an illustration has anybody ever felt like the door the, the lord jesus has done you wrong before anybody ever felt like that you felt like if god cared he wouldn't let me have to put up with it you ever been there before and you you didn't say it out loud and some of you screamed it out loud I, you know, I remember when I was 15 years old when he, when he, <laughs> the Lord didn't do anything wrong, but I felt like the Lord took my daddy from me when I was 15 years old and I let him know. And I had a very strong, loud conversation with him. And my feeling was I was right about that, but the anxiety and the loneliness and the thing that come in on me like a flood during that time, made me think that I was right and God was doing me wrong. And God used that to get through to me here recently, that the evidence of anxiety, frustration, offense, whatever it is that you're dealing with, is a lie that you're holding in your spirit that supports that being there. God has never done anybody wrong. And I know when we choose the wrong source to draw from, it looks like God is making a lot of mistakes in our world right now. Because if God cared, he wouldn't let this go on, he wouldn't let that go on, and he wouldn't let this happen. Try, right? Okay. So that being said, I read uh, early this morning, real early, where in the book of Hosea, Hosea heard the voice of God. 
And God said to Hosea, it's very important. When God speaks, we should listen. Hosea hears God say, now I want you to go. And he picks out a prostitute. And he says, I want you to marry this prostitute. Now, any man in their right mind would not choose a prostitute to go into covenant with because it's not going to be consistent. Matter of fact, she kept breaking covenant and coming back pregnant, and, and he would father the children and take her back. As a matter of fact, he didn't only take her back, he goes and buys her back because she would go into slavery every time she would leave. But he heard God say, and because God said, and he recognized through relationship the voice of God, he was at peace with it, and he was comforted, and the joy of the Lord was his strength, and he was okay, and he wasn't offended. He didn't get frustrated. He didn't, he didn't get all beat up in his spirit when she would leave. Now, anybody want a relationship with God on that level to where regardless of what's going on around you, you're at peace? I believe today when we get through with this message, and this is so important for us where we're going, all of us in this room can start being kids again and playing in daddy's playground, which he's given to us. It's the kingdom. Amen. When we host God's presence on the level that we're designed to host his presence, what comes with that is righteousness, which is innocence. You're not right because you're a good person. You're right because of his sacrifice, his love for you. Peace and joy in his presence. That's the kingdom of God. Amen. All of that happens because you're in fellowship with God on the level, in spirit and in truth that you hear him, you experience what he's saying, and it sustains you regardless of the storm, the challenge, the persecution, the tribulation, the unfairness that's going on in our world, the pandemic, you're at peace. Amen? And all the trouble in our world, as a country boy would say, is like water off a duck's back. We're okay. We are equipped to get through this, amen, shining, amen, fulfilled, and with a testimony of how good God is and how much he loves us. Regardless of where you are physically, regardless of where you are in your spirit, God loves you and you're special and you can enjoy the best that he has to offer today, right now, amen? And so... A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Recognizing God's voice through relationship. So what does our conscience support when we're not led by the Spirit? Amen. What does our conscience, the way... We, we think inside. What does it support when we're not led by or in alignment with the Spirit? The measurement of good and evil, right and wrong, and then we make a decision. 
Has your conscience ever bothered you before? Oh, everybody should say amen on that one. <laughs> amen. A guilty conscience. Ever had that? Ever felt shame? And your conscience was beating you up? God never intended for us to live by our conscience. He never intended for me and you to be led by our conscience. Has anybody ever done that before? I don't, don't raise your hand, but I'm raising mine. I've done that before. He intended us to be led by his voice. His voice, not our conscience. Scripture talks about repentance being an important dynamic as we return back to God. Repentance. Amen. Simply, if you want to know the word repentance and what it really means, this is what it really means, y'all. Changing the way you think about what you measure in relation to God's voice and good and evil. In other words, I'm going to repent. I'm going to return to God. So I'm making my mind up today. My conscience is not going to lead me any further. Lord, from this day forth, with your help and with your spirit, I'm going to only listen to your voice now the important factor is you can repent and say lord help you can in other words he stands at the door and he knocks you can decide to open the door he promises he'll come in but you're not going to do the will of god without being empowered by the spirit of god it ain't happening true worshipers True worshipers, true followers, worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Come on, you, 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 you can say, bless God, I'm going to study the Bible, I'm going to memorize it, and I'm going to do exactly what God wants me to do. No, you're not. Because that word, that Bible, if you want to call it what, the scriptures, you can call it a locomotive. It ain't going nowhere without some rails to run on. It has to have the spirit that's why you can read the Bible and be totally deceived. But when you read it with an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, and you catch the Spirit of the one that's writing, writing the letter, uh-oh, now the enemy's in trouble. Because you're not going to be led by your conscience now. You're going to be led by the Spirit. So why repentance is so important, Lord, I've been living my life logically and I've got all this offense and all this anxiety and all this frustration and all these broken relationships and the list is heavy over here and I've been doing what was right the whole time. Oh, I know I've said it before. I ain't, man, I get up every day trying to do what was right. Everybody gets up with good intentions. At the end of the day, we wonder what went wrong. God, I got up with pure intentions today, and man got body slammed all day long. I did not get up trying to make people feel bad or have a bad day. I got up wanting everybody to be happy. World peace. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But at the end of the day, why was all the frustration? Why all the anxiety? Why all the, the guilt? Why all the, all the offense? It's because I'm hosting lies I don't know I'm hosting. And the enemy is coming to me with all this good versus evil, this right versus wrong, and he's encouraging me to measure everything based on making the choice of death instead of life. 
but I think my measurement of good equals life. And the Lord said, stop it. I'm the only one that's good. And if God's the only one that's good, you can't determine that unless you're in relationship with him. And you can't and I can't be in relationship unless I have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen? So, at the end of the day, I can think my ways are right, but God is measuring my heart. And he's looking for a heart that has returned to him, and they forego figuring anything out. They're just there with daddy. And if it's walking on water time, fine, daddy. If that's what you want to do, let's walk on water. If it's, going, if it's taking mountains and putting them in a sea, let's do that. Whatever it is you want. You want to create work. Okay, I'm here with you. I don't understand anything you're doing, but I'm here. And he's saying, good, give me your tongue. Give me your spirit and let the most unruly member in your body be subject to me and say what I'm saying. And you and I, when we come under that precious presence of God on the level that we will say only what we hear him saying, I promise you it gives life. It gives salt. It creates. It works. And you don't have to worry about if, if they're going to raise up from the dead. You don't have to worry about the sick's going to be healed. You don't have to worry about if the lame's going to walk. It's not your concern. You're just with daddy saying what daddy says. And that's all he can do is good. Amen. So how do we know what's right and wrong? God's voice. But I can't figure that out. Don't matter. That's how you know. You just hang out with him and do this thing called the greatest form of worship. Trust him. But I need to figure it out. That's the problem. That's the problem. And the Lord's okay with the fact that if you, if you need to figure it out, go, go find out how that works out for you. And it always leads to trouble, anxiety, frustration, offense, division, broken relationships, death. Every time. At the end of this thing, amen, we've got to be able to join in with everybody that says, yes, Lord, look what the Lord has done. Right? Amen. And so our conscience condemns us when we do something wrong. Our conscience condemns us. That's the red flag. If there's condemnation, then you know you're thinking on the wrong level. So we recognize God through relationship. We recognize his voice, that is. There, there used to be a time, ladies and gentlemen, when we didn't have caller ID, did we? I know young people think, what? Yeah, there were phones that didn't have caller ID. Matter of fact, there were phones that, that would ID you if you was on the party line. People listen in with you. Amen. I'm going to give you an illustration that didn't happen. It didn't happen. But it's good for us to consider the potential of this might be happening on another level. So my wife calls me the other day and she says, hey. And I said, who is this? And she said, Tammy. And I said, Tammy who? 
you know that didn't happen. I've been with her 40 years. When she calls me and she says anything, I know who it is. I just wonder, can we get to a place that when the Lord says, hey, we say, speak, Lord. Here I am. And we know his voice through relationship. And that's why today's message is so important for where we're going, New Life Family, and for the hope of our community. You didn't come here today to hear the voice of God. Some of you might thought you did. Amen, because I'm not the voice of God to anybody. I can help encourage you to hear, and I can encourage you and confirm what you're already hearing but let me assure you, everybody in this room, God is speaking to everybody in this room. Our allegiance to other voices that are louder is overshadowing or drowning out what the Lord is whispering to us that's so powerful. But he's talking. And I don't know of anybody, I haven't met anyone that don't want peace and joy, fulfillment. Amen to be kids again and, 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 and live. I hadn't met anybody that don't want that. Everybody wants that. And the Lord designed and he wired us and he put us together so that we would crave that. But he attaches us experiencing all that with hearing him speak to us, recognizing his voice through relationship. Amen. Every parent wants their children to recognize their voice through relationship. Every grandparent wants their grandchildren to know who Papa and Mimi is through relationship. We like hearing them repeat it. We even really like them to say it without even asking them to say it. Ah, And I love it when my grandchildren come jump on Papa and hang out with him. Ah. And they talk to me, and they listen to what I'm saying. We have conversation because of relationship. Amen. How much more does our Heavenly Father, which is not way out there somewhere, but He's been with us all the while. I've made my bed in hell. And somebody said, well, Pastor, you've been, you've been to the... No, I'm not talking about the lake of fire. I'm talking about the kingdom of hell, which is, is, is doubt, fear, and unbelief, offense, pain sorrow, guilt, shame. Oh, I've made my bed there. And guess who was there with me? Daddy, reaching for me, waiting, looking for that opportunity to say, you know what, Daddy, I think I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you say, and you come to a place where you repent towards, okay, Lord, I don't have it figured out. I thought my ways were right and I found out they're not. So Lord, help me. And that's all he's looking for is an open heart that says help. And he's an ever-present help in time of need, isn't he? And so I want to challenge you today just for a moment on how we can recognize God's voice through relationship and give you three points in the next few minutes that will encourage you. And number one, relationship with God 
should be, number one, our first priority. Should be our first priority. Amen. And I would encourage you to consider that your priority being making the presence of God what you host instead of another presence. Now, let me, let me qualify that quickly. Bless God, I'm right. I know what I'm doing. And what comes with that is some, um, some anxiety. Not the right presence. That wouldn't be the right presence, would it? Some frustration? Or, bless God, I'm right. Offense comes with that. That's not the right presence. I, I'm not making God my priority. I'm making something else my priority. The guy in the mirror needs some worship. I need everybody to know I'm right. My plan of action works. My protocols are in place. I've coordinated this thing, and I've got it figured out. I know this. I've added it all up. It equals this. This is right. But I'm hosting anxiety and frustration. That's not God's presence. That's another presence. But bless God, I'm right. I know I'm right. And the Lord will let me stay there until I get wore out, beat up, get older, lose all my hair, and say, Lord, you know what? I think, I think maybe I need to let you be the one that makes these decisions. And You set the protocol. You set the plan of action. You set the, the scope of the coordination. And I'll just go with you on this. So at the end of the day, we can all say, look what Daddy done, right? And so when God isn't my first priority, my main interest, <laughs> I make interestingly ugly decisions, amen, while I'm moving through life. And um, humility is not the platform I'm operating on. Anybody know what, what I'm talking about? And so we found out last week that when Adam didn't make God his first priority, sin followed. Amen. And now keep in mind, what is sin? You did something bad? Uh, you participated and you uh, was involved in what you shouldn't be? Well, let, let's say it this way. Let's make it easier. It's my involvement in measuring right versus wrong, good versus evil. It's very important you catch this because when I think that my ways are right, that's when sin manifests. Lord, I got this. You, you can take the day off. I just sinned. But my intentions were good. I, mean, I was going to give Daddy a break today. I got it. That's sin. Anything that separates me from unity and agreement in the Spirit is sin. And so the enemy's good at selling me ideas that look right. Amen? We're talking about our relationship with God being our first priority. And so in Genesis 3 and 8, what happens when sin shows up? And they heard the sound of the voice of God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord calls to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. 
God hadn't done anything to cause Adam to be afraid of him. Sin comes when we measure from our own conscience and logic. And the next thing that happens is fear. When I don't host God's presence, fear has an open door to come in like a flood. Ladies and gentlemen, hosting God's presence should be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. How we honor him and glorify him is we make ourselves available. We choose today to make ourselves available to his presence. We choose life. Amen. We choose life. Now, that don't mean you're not going to be tempted to consider something that appears to be right all day long. That temptation is going to come all day, all day, all day. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What's the evil? Choosing death. But it looks so right. I mean, my goodness, if the others incorporate my plan of action, this thing will succeed. Right? And the temptation is every day. But for me to push my agenda brings anxiety, brings frustration, brings a sense of offense. And I'm outside of the priority of hosting God's presence now. Is this helping somebody? And so when we talk about repentance, repentance sets us up. When we decide that we're going we're to quit choosing death, we're going to choose life, then I'm going to quit measuring everything based on my logic. I repent, Lord. I'm not as logical as I thought I was. I repent, Lord. I'm choosing to host your presence first and foremost. Therefore, when we repent, it leads us into a place where we're able to go down in water in the name of Jesus and be filled with the Spirit and fire. And we're resurrected up out of that water to the newness of life, and we take on our true identity. We're empowered now. We have the source, amen, of all life. Now, ladies and gentlemen, last time I checked, I still ain't figured out why water baptism is so important, but it works. Why in the world getting wet makes a difference? But God chose it. The foolish things of the world to confound the why. He chose a method by which we return to him our heart. Amen. He set the parameters. And even though death, which we don't like calling it death, we call it right. We call it good. Choosing that looks so right and appealing, the dynamics of when we choose that tells us that ain't God. Everyone in this room are more spiritual than you can imagine because everybody in this room has experienced guilt and shame. You experience anxiety, frustration, offense, pain. Everybody in this room knows what I'm talking about. And while you were experiencing, know this, you were hosting the wrong spirit. And you still went to church. And you said, preach it, preacher. I'm good. I agree with it. Amen. And you read the Bible. And you have your prayer meetings. You might even talk in tongues and shout with a voice of triumph. But when there's anxiety and guilt and offense and anger and frustration, 
you're not hosting his presence. Because your conscience is giving you all these red flags. You're resisting God. You're resisting God. You're resisting God. You're resisting God. I can preach this, y'all. I've got the T-shirt. I've burned it a bunch of times. And I keep putting it back on. And I've realized that this thing don't stop. We're going from one glory to the next, to the next as by the Spirit of the Lord. This changing process doesn't stop. We're coming into His image. The earth is groaning right now for the manifestation of the sons of God. This earth is looking for salt and light. People are looking for someone to be a witness, amen, that they're in alignment and they're under the spot where the glory falls at and all they can say is what they hear their father say. All they can do is what they see their father do. It's what our world's looking for. We know his voice, amen, from relationship. Amen. Now, Y'all, I'm just going to tell you, give you another illustration, just a quick one. Is If me and Dathan were to go bungee jumping, he probably would do it with fun. Like, yeah, let's do this. But this guy is like, uh-uh. No. What's the difference? He, he can't wait to jump. I'm having a problem even thinking about the idea that I would ever jump. It's the, the way you think. And so he's in, a, he's in this posture of, let's go for this. And I'm in this posture of, that ain't happening. You're going to have to push me. You're going to you're gonna have to uh, beat me first. You're going to have to convince me. I have no other choice but to jump, amen, to get down from here. And so the attitude and the experience of joy versus fear is right there. Amen. Not that bungee jumping's wrong, it's just my thinking doesn't support it. I haven't heard the voice of God on it. Dathan heard the voice of God and said, have fun. Amen? So, when I entertain any other voice other than God's voice, fear comes in like a flood. And I'm hosting the wrong spirit at that point. The second thing that's important about if you want to develop a relationship with God is that, amen, the second thing should be first pursuit. He's not only your first, amen, uh, priority, he is now your first pursuit. Instead of, amen, along with first priority being host his presence now my first pursuit is life i'm in the presence of god and in his presence there's fullness i can choose life he's in in his presence you have power now to choose life over death he is my pursuit amen in eden there were two trees. We all know the story. And some of you hadn't read the Bible. You need to read the book of Genesis about when this thing started. There was a tree of life and there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil would cause spiritual death. But if you partook of the tree of life, you would live forever. 
Amen. They didn't get to do that. They didn't do that in Garden of Eden. But we get to do that today because Jesus, the second man, Adam, showed up, paid the debt off, died our debt, death, so that we could have this life. He became the tree of life. And we partake of him. He is life and that life forevermore. God's plans include that we choose, amen, life. And so since God intended that we choose his voice versus Satan's voice, this will help you, when you choose life, you choose the voice of God. When you choose death, you choose the voice of the enemy. And so choosing life isn't about doing good. Choosing life is always about listening to the voice of God and following his lead. Always. That's what life is. Amen. And I, and I didn't say be weird and spooky with it. Amen. We just measure everything we do with the presence of God giving us a green light. Green light. Green light, not being weird to people that don't understand, amen, but walking in the light, walking in life, making life our constant choice, amen. And so some say experiencing uh, life or just having experience in general is the best teacher. Anybody ever thought that before? Experience is the best teacher? Sounded right too, didn't it? Because... I was taught that from religious influences in my life. But experience does teach us. However, experience is not the best teacher. Why is that? Okay. Jack, if you touch electricity, it probably ain't going to do you right. But you don't agree with it. I'm going to go touch it anyway. You might die. Correct? It's like telling your children to stay out of 1604. That 18-wheeler will beat you. Yeah. I want to experience it. God never intended that we experience what's not good for us first. His intention first was us to listen to what he had to say and trust him. Amen. But because Adam decided I want to touch it, Amen. We all have Adam's DNA in us. We touched it. And it brought much pain, brought much sorrow, much anxiety, much frustration, and much death. But what it does do for us to realize that we need to make God our first pursuit. I can tell you today after 60 years almost around this son that pursuing him has become much greater, more important to me. Matter of fact, at 60, I couldn't do the jump bungee jump as good as I could at 20. So I've become wiser at doing the bungee jump. I don't do it. Amen? And so the best teacher for all of us is always the voice of God. Always. God spoke to me. I trusted his voice. And I lived. I, that bungee cord didn't break because I didn't give it a chance to break. Amen? Our conscience wants us to trust in our judgment 
of good and evil every day. In Hebrews 9 and 14, it says this, Yet how much more will the sacred blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleanse our conscience? For by the power of the eternal spirit, he has offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice and now frees us from our dead works. Amen. What that's saying is if there's guilt, there's shame, there's offense, there's anxiety, amen, God's blood, his mercy cleanses you from measuring everything from good and evil, right and wrong. When we come back to him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every time he says, yes, Lord. I don't have to ask, well, why? Well, I think we ought to do it this way. No. Yes, Lord. <sighs> That's because in my relationship development with him, he's my first pursuit. How did I get to where I could choose life like that? Well, he was my first priority. I'm hosting his presence. It's what I do. Amen. And in his presence, I'm able to make good decisions because I've decided that I would prefer peace over anxiety. I prefer joy over frustration and offense. I'm going to stay over here and let God work out all the stuff I can't figure out. And every one of us have relationships that we all need in our life and we don't know how to figure them out. God already knows. But in my thinking, I've got it figured out how to work all my relationship challenges out. And the Lord said, no, you don't. I'll let you try. I'll let you try to figure it out. And from your logic, it won't work out, son. But when you come to me and you trust me, when I get through, amen, I'm going to bring healing. I'm going to bring hope. I'm going to bring a testimony. Why? Because you made me, amen, your priority. You hosted my presence. You made me your first pursuit pursuit you chose life over death you didn't have to figure it out you just went with me and walked on water you just went with me and you faced the mountain and because i gave you hope and you can't have hope without god giving it because you have hope you have all the faith you need is anybody tracking with me faith is the substance of things anybody got any hope here today oh you got more faith than you thought the very thing that you're hoping for, if you'll just engage in his presence, you can have it. Whatever it is that's pushing back on you that you really want, because you have hope, God gave you that. The devil don't give nobody hope. Faith, hope, and love are, amen, so, the source of what God gives us. And if you have that, you have all the faith you need. When are you going to agree with him? I'll tell you when you're going to agree with him. Same time I agreed with him when I said, you know what? I thought I had to figure this out. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm with you. Let's do this. The moment you agree that you don't have it figured out is the moment you get set free. The moment you come to realize that, amen, you don't know what is good, but you need to know him who is good, that moment is called repentance. And when you repent to that reality, I'm just telling you what I know. When I repent to the fact that I don't have it figured out, he meets me there, and he takes me with him on a journey of wow. And I can't tell you how he does it, but I do have a testimony he did it. That's the only way 
all of us here today are going to be able to get in unison and say, look what the Lord has done. When we forego the idea that we can take credit for anything, that's when we start winning. But as long as I need to put my signature on it, and everybody know, look what I did. Come on, I, I know it's tempting. The enemy tries to get us to put our signature on it and, and, and toot our horn and tell everybody, look, I did something good, but it didn't equal God. But in my mind, it was right. And God said, you missed it, son, because I'm measuring your heart. He's looking for our heart. That's how we celebrate him. Amen. And I'm coming to our last point, closing with this right now, the relationship with God. Amen. Not only should be our first priority or our first pursuit, it should be our first passion. And only do I choose first to host his presence, say, Lord, here am I. Take me. I, I ain't got much to give you. I ain't got nothing to give you. Here I am, presence. And then in his presence, I choose life. Then thirdly, my passion, first passion, is his voice. His voice. I won't say one thing unless he's saying it. If I live that kind of life, nope. Do I want that? Yep. Of course, I know y'all know I want that because I talk about it all the time. But to achieve that place where his where your passion, first passion, is his voice. That's the big one. Because here's the temptation. We'll try to start with his voice. <laughs> I'm going to make God's voice my passion. Then I'll pursue life. <laughs> then I'll pursue his presence. Uh -uh. Don't work that way. It's in his presence that fullness comes. Apart from that, you don't get there. So some of you may say, bless God. Well, God, everything to me. Give me that book called the Bible. I'm going to read cover to cover, and I'm going to do it two or three times. Man, you bless, boy, voice of God, I'm going to get it. No, you're not. You'll just become a very passionate pursuer of good versus evil, right versus wrong. And the enemy is hoping that you fall for that, that lie. In Luke 10, 38, I want you to read this with me if they put it up on the screen. As Jesus and his disciples continued on the journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. She sat down attentively, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became aspirated. Exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? In preparation for her guest. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Now notice she starts her prayer meeting with Jesus. She had a prayer meeting with Jesus right here. Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me do all this work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Anybody have that prayer meeting before? The Lord answers. Even in those prayer meetings, he'll answer us. Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you so upset and troubled? 
pulled away by all the many distractions. Mary has discovered the one thing most important. What's the one thing? Listening to the voice of God. By choosing to sit at my feet, she is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. How does Martha get the meal on the table, the dishes washed, and the house clean? And make her first passion the voice of God. This is good because, you know, if you do your homework, you'll find out the Lord said, if you'll obey my voice, I will call you my treasure. Or I'll make you my treasure. Now, he calls everybody in this room his treasure. Have we been made his treasure yet? Depends. What's our first priority? What's our first pursuit? What's our first passion? Because only then, when we choose him as our first passion, because we made him our first priority in pursuit, can he make us his treasure? If you will obey my voice, I will make you my treasure. He calls everybody his treasure, but only a few allow him to make them his treasure. So, how does Martha get the food on the table, the dishes washed, and the house clean? Because my wife and I can tell y'all, we love hosting people. We love it. We get... And I, like y'all don't know me yet, y'all, if I, there's certain foods that I cook, I need you sitting down, ready to go. Because if I don't get it there on time, you're going to miss the experience. Right? I'm a foodie. Of course, you can tell. I don't know who's looking at me. Hear me. But if I'm hosting some anxiety because you're not at the table yet and things are not working out, is that on God? No. The question is, how do I get the food on the table at the right time so that you get to enjoy the experience on the level I know you can experience it? Tammy gets all the dishes washed and the house clean and us not have any anxiety, any frustration, any challenges because all those are red flags that we're measuring from the wrong source. We start with hosting his presence. We start with choosing life, and we start with our passion. Yes, Lord, listening. And if he's the first, if he's first priority, he's first pursuit, and he's first passion, then you get to enjoy a wonderful meal, a clean house, and the dishes are all clean. And we had a blast. Anybody figured this one out yet? Because it's all set up, y'all, for us to recognize the fact that the temptation to be led by our conscience don't stop. I'm asking a question here as we close right now. Is anybody distracted? Is there any anxiety going on? 
Any frustration happening? Has the pandemic caused any trouble in your life? Any fears? Is the present culture of our world closing in on you? Are you feeling boxed in? These are signals that he's not first priority yet. He's not first pursuit nor first passion. This message is setting you up because you're tired of religion telling you that uh, you'll just do what the ministry says, what the preacher says, that you can, uh, you can enjoy a relationship with God. Let me tell you something. God still speaks to you. Don't forget this. The worst thing I could tell you is do what I say and then tell you that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the worst thing I could tell you. You just show up here on Sundays, listen to what I say, and you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. I have just did the greatest injustice to your life. God speaks to you. And his voice is recognizable through relationship. Personal. I can't have a personal relationship for you. And if you've got some anxiety and some frustration and some guilt and some shame and some pain and the list goes on. If you've got some of that, I'm not the difference maker. I'm your brother. I'm here serving you. You're the bride. God wants you on display. He loves his bride. And I'm supposed to be confirming what he's already telling you. We're setting this thing up for the, this, a series on, called The Promise. You had not heard the promise yet. The promise is what empowers us to be the witness. The promise is what sets us up. Amen. Empowers us to make him our first pursuit and first passion. Amen. So if I was in your shoes and I'm encouraging you today, I'm telling you the truth. You can check it out or not. Your call. But to make him your first priority, you want to receive the promise. It's not for them back then. The promise that they received in Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 8, 10, 19, that promise is for all flesh. You want to get to a place where you're not distracted? You want to get to a place where, amen, you're, you're not beat up with, with fear and shame? Ah, we got to get under the spout, get in the presence of God. And be led by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father, for your presence here right now. You've given everybody in this room an ear to hear what your Spirit says. You've been talking to everybody in this room, but the enemy's been trying to counteract it with reason. Measurements of right and wrong. To deter them from trusting in what you're actually saying. And I push back that spirit right now. And I agree with your spirit right now that's on me to speak to that spirit of confusion and push him back so that they can readily receive what you're actually saying. 
thank you, Lord, for the spirit of faith right now in this room. Anxiety, fear, guilt, offense, sickness, disease. You have no place in this room right now. You're not here by permission. That right is not yours. We push back on you and we receive God's will right now. Testimonies are in the making. Thank you, Daddy. You can sit there if you want or you can come forward. Amen. We're here to serve you. Guest, if you need to go, you're welcome to leave right now. But heaven's pulling on us. He's wooing us right now in the spirit. He wants to love on you on a new level. Amen. Could we stand and lift our hands up and just surrender? And a signal to daddy to pick us up. We're your kids, dad. We're your babies. Pick us up. Embrace us right now. Thank you, Lord. Come on, he'll pick you up if you'll let him. You've got his attention right now. Receive the Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. God bless you.